What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, it's DJ EFN. Yo, what's good? This is Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. I like that new board, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Christmas is man. kind. We stepped it up over here at Fatherhood. Got to add some. Can you load sounds into that? Oh, takes all the loads. Whoa. See, that's when you were supposed to say that. What, what happened, EFN? What happened? Where are you <laughs> going with that? It doesn't come naturally to me like it does to you. Where are you going with that? I don't know. I don't know where you went right now. I don't know. But do you think we'll be doing this to the point where we call it grandfatherhoods? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, definitely within our own circle, letting the public know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how many people actually buy merch. Medical Center? <laughs> if you're in Miami, you'll, you wouldn't know that joke. I got a question for you guys. Shoot. What, what happened, bro? I'm yo, slow today. Yo, okay, you, you came half cocked. Um, well, I was pause. trying to figure out what. I got a couple questions. I'm trying to figure out which one to roll with first. All right. Um, all right. Here's the first one. It's not really a question, but when. So, Manny, let me pose this to you first. Um, when are you going to let. Or when are you and your wife going to talk to your son about women's periods and what happens with women? Your cycle? Son. That's like a set of questions. <laughs> no, just because it happened to us last night. So I'm oh. curious. Oh, <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, about women's. Pe- Yo, honestly, I, I guess if I had my, if I could choose, I'd probably do so or, or attempt to have that conversation in junior high because that's when you're high yeah if if i could choose and the reason being the main reason is that's around the time frame where that's going to be happening to you know the girls around his his age range um but because we live in the household where that's happening it's going to be actually i'm pretty sure he's already aware we just haven't had a formal conversation because like my wife and my daughter are always like, oh, gonna have my friend in a couple of days or whatever. Right. And he already picked up on like, what friend? Why is her why is her friend keep coming? What is he talking about? And then, so I know he knows he has a sense of what's going on. But what yeah, what well, happened over there? Well, my wife wasn't feeling so hot due to that time of the month, and you know he started poking around and asking questions, and and I guess at some point she was just like, all right, this is. Uh, you know, this is what this is what happens. She's like, you know how you know I'm I'm not feeling so great right now. Um, this is this is what happens to all women, and she started explaining about um, you know how the the uterus it builds up the the blood lining around the and to prepare for a baby, and that your body and when there's no baby there, the body naturally flushes it out, cleans out to prepare for the next month. Um, so he was starting to get it and he's like, you mean, and you know, he's like, so blood comes out of you. And she goes, yep. Happens every month. And he goes, where does the blood come from? Where's the blood come out? And, uh, <laughs> and then so my wife says from the woman's vagina and she, and he goes, did she use that word? Did she actually yeah. say that? Yeah. Okay. But, we, so he, we took a shot. <laughs> he's heard the word before. I think, okay. I think he's heard it at school. Um, but he, he knows that that the, the vagina is, you know, the, the woman's penis, basically, the, you know, <laughs> the, the, the woman's private part. It's better. <laughs> and so, 
So my, so my wife tells him that, and like his eyes widen up, and he goes, "What? <laughs> out, out the woman's vaginas?" He <laughs> <You know? laughs> did a mashup between a penis and a vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Rightfully so. And then, uh, and then he started asking about babies a little bit. I was trying to get off the topic a little and get back into like bedtime reading. Right. Um, <laughs> The cat in the so, hat. So, so, so it didn't get too too far into it, but it, you know, my wife explained, yeah, the baby comes out of the woman's vagina as well. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know. So, no. so, um, but then we had to prep. You know, then he goes. Then we got off the topic. Felt like we were starting to get back into reading again, and then he stops and he says, "So, do little girls get menstrual cycles oh, also?" Shit. Oof. Why the fuck would to, he ask that? That's had, that's had, really intelligent. Like, <laughs> had to explain. She she had to explain that, you know, it doesn't happen until till later. Mm. And then we also had to preface it like, look, you know, we're telling you this stuff, but uh, don't go back and start regurgitating and talking to your friends about it because not every family shares this information. You know, everyone picks well, their own. Everyone picks their own time to start talking about. I was going to ask you that. Like, how how can you even tell if like your kid isn't already hearing this stuff and it's kind of plain dumb talking to you about it, but they already heard it from somebody else. It's hard. It is hard to tell. It's, it's hard. It's hard to tell. I mean, you know, sometimes. Yeah. I think he's hearing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. Because out of nowhere, out of the blue, sometimes he'll just say, you know, what's a really bad word. And, you know, he'll start <laughs> telling, <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of talk going on, but I think probably now is a better time for us to talk about this stuff. So at least he's getting the factual knowledge because all the little kids are starting to tell each other stuff. Just That's... sit him down and let him listen to Fatherhood's podcast. Right? <laughs> no, I, no, no, I'm playing. <laughs> no. Two two questions for you guys. One is, why the fuck would they call it the birds and the bees? They don't even do it the same way. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, little, I, I lay want... eggs and the bees, the same thing. They lay eggs too. Yeah, I don't know. The bro. fuck, somebody's got a our uh, our producer needs to go figure out the genesis of that story and come Who's back. The to producer it. here, no, none of us. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, we need one. <laughs> we need to hire one. The reproducer. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the the other question is, can any of you two? Any of you two, like as mad people, <laughs> either of you two, remember when you first like real like let's let's just go to specifically to what you just asked about uh, menstruation. Do you ever remember learning about it? Like, do you remember the age? Do you remember? I've got. I have no recollection of it at all. Like, I, I, I don't know how I. I'm assuming my mom told me something about it or, you know, a couple times. I do know she had some book, like, I guess my mom was kind of hippie-ish at some, at, to yeah. a certain extent. And, like, in the, you know, she might have had some book laying around that talked about um, all that stuff. And I do have a kind of recollection of, like, looking through this book and seeing pictures and just seeing all, you know, and wondering, well, what, what's this? So, you know, that kind of, but I don't remember, I don't remember any kind of conversation about it at all. Manny? I, I probably learned about it. Let, let me give a side note. So in my house growing up, of course, the Latino thing, right? But uh, my family is a bunch of comedians. So they're mm. always going the extra mile to say shit that's probably inappropriate for everyone in the room, regardless of age. So right. I picked up on a lot of shit through that, through the comical exploits of my family. So I am i don't remember this, but I'm certain there must have been some back and forth between a couple of my aunts or something like that, and somebody getting on somebody, and one of them saying, Basically, get the fuck off my back. I got my period. That kind of that. Mm. I think that's probably how it landed. Uh, and then just hearing it over and over, I kind of started connecting the dots. It, I was never anything formal, but I feel like I was well prepared enough to have the conversation with girls when they start. You know, when it was obvious that they were going through it. 
Uh, not like I was in the dark about it. Because, again, I think it happened with all the women in my family just always having conversations. I'm sure that came up a bunch. Yeah, I, I don't. My earliest recollection of anything related to that is two different things that come to mind. One that I know my mom used to send me to go get her women's products. Oh, okay. Right. Right to the store. So I remember that. So I must have, I don't know, somehow in there, maybe she told me what it was for. But, and then I remember the horrific scene of a little girl in elementary school walking uh, out of, you know of what? the bathroom with blood. She was wearing like something light. So all this blood and she's crying and the teacher's like trying to cover her. And we were all like, what the fuck? You know, like, yeah. yeah. I had one of those scenes too in school, but I already knew what that. I already knew what it was at that point. I mean, I think I kind of knew, but I, I think you know that was just like a you right. know, hit you in the face moment, like oh shit, shit is real, you know. <laughs> shit is yo, that must be traumatic, dude. I I oh, remember girl. that that little girl was yeah, she looked like she was in a lot of fucking distress, and I just remember the teachers like huddling around her and like trying to like cover her from all the other kids which it was just a scene did we talk about that joke that um andrew schultz has about period not, i don't i don't i, I mean don't just remember. say it you, you know we have bacardi brain uh, yeah <laughs> well he, he i saw him at a stand-up <laughs> show and he was going on about like how women are so like we got to really respect women and like how strong they are he's like just imagine like you know women are are, are bleeding out of their privates every month and and you know it's uncomfortable doesn't feel good they don't feel good and they're still getting up and going to work and doing everything he's like if a guy woke up one morning and you know blood's coming out of his dick you know the guy's gonna curl up in a ball and call up and say i can't come into work today you know i got blood coming out my dick (laughs) probably true that's a fact (laughs) that's a fact we'd have to take the day off because that'd be too traumatic for just for thinking us. about that happening makes me want to crawl into bed right yeah. now. <laughs> you know what i mean but 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 women deal with that all the time and and push through i got to i got to ask like i mean just know, knowing that right and then just thinking about accidents and how they happen and and the embarrassing moments that they likely for the most part i, I would imagine a woman has gone through this at some point i i can't imagine how you rebound from like an episode like the one you just talked about, E. Like, how, were you like, how how were you with that girl after you saw that happen? I mean, I don't remember don't that remember. far. I just okay. remember the actual scene. If I'm not wrong, I think she, you know, she didn't come back to school for a couple of days, and and I, and I just, I just remember like there was people that were horrified and people that were clowning her. Uh, that's got to be bad because you know how kids are assholes, man. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> you know. It, it, so. Yeah, so I remember all of that. But I don't remember what her specifically when she came back what it was all like. Shit. I mean, so so st- speaking about asshole behavior, um I think it's probably a good time to to bring in a question that we got uh that is kind of on topic here a little bit. So with respect to kids being assholes and and the the whole uh kids taking advantage of other kids based on some of their weaknesses, right? Especially when they're young. Mm-hmm. Um the question that came in was how do you go about explaining to your child not to show vulnerability or too much emotion so people don't use their weaknesses against them? That's a tough one. Yeah. Cause it all depends on the personality, knowing your, your, your child's personality, knowing you knowing those weaknesses and, mm-hmm. and strengths that they have and kind of like trying to like cater you know, and figure out what's the best method of, you know, propping them up in a, in the right way, which obviously most parents get it wrong. And then kids hate their parents when they grow up. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got an example of that from just a little while ago today. So my son comes back from school and it seemed like he was in an all right mood, but then he says, all right, something not so great happened today. And we're like, okay, what? You know, one of my one of my friends was going over to another friend's house, and then you know, I said, "Well, sorry, I can't go." And then the the one kid said, "Who cares?" <laughs> right? Wow. So, <laughs> and so that hurt his feelings. He got upset about that, and 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 so it was funny. He said it. He told uh, he told both my wife and I and t- separately, 
and both our responses were kind of similar where it was like instead of just saying instead of just saying yeah that was fucked up that that kid said that that wasn't that wasn't nice right and just kind of let him have his moment um we jumped in with the trying to explain it trying to make sense of it like you know well you know who cares do you care if uh if he says that it shouldn't bother you or um you already know that he says those kind of things those kind of rude things anyway so you just got to learn to not let it bother you or you know what i mean like trying to ex- make sense of it when really he doesn't want to hear any of that and mm-hmm. and so he you know i went through it and then i'm like well do you feel better and and He's like, eh, not really. He goes, I'm going to talk to mom about it. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"All laughs> you know? So then he goes and talks to my wife about it. And then I can hear in the, in the other room, you know, she jumped in on the same kind of explain it out. And then he stopped, he stopped her and said, and, and he did it in a way where it didn't offend, you know, it wasn't offensive. He's like, he goes, you know, sometimes I don't want to tell you things that happen at school or I don't want to tell you things because, um, you know, you always just start saying, explain, you know, talking, telling me, telling me reasons why I shouldn't be upset about it. And I just want to tell you what's bothering me. And that, wow. that basically kind of shut her down. She was like, you know, you're right. That, that wasn't a cool thing to say. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So he, he's basically, he's basically saying, yo, just shut up for a second. Let me just get it off my chest. Yeah. Don't, you yeah, don't need exactly. to say anything. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So I think. Going back to that question, I think it's um, I think you got to pick the place and time to do that kind of to do that kind of explaining where it's actually going to sink in, as opposed to when a problem arises right away, try to make sense of it all and explain it out, especially you know for for a young kid, because again, like my son pointed out, he just wanted to. He just wanted to get it out and he wanted to have someone on his team like co-sign and let him feel like, yeah, you know, that was fucked up and and feel like he's, you know, someone's got his back type situation um, as opposed to just trying to make sense of it or not make it a big deal and all that kind of stuff. And so I guess like if we always jump in in that instance those things will never sink in unless you got a kid who can, who's all right. But my guess is that a lot of kids, they need, you got to kind of fig, figure out the, the place and time to, to drop that kind of information so that it makes sense to them. Yeah. It just seems like, I don't know. Right now I'm just thinking like the chances of, of, parenting wrong are higher than parenting right oh yeah for sure <laughs> and i'm just like you while you're talking i'm just saying fuck man this is this is gonna be a long hard road and as much as we want to be great parents and be the best we can for our children they're probably gonna grow up and one day scream at us at the at the dinner table saying you fucked me up because of this that and the other you, like, you, be rolling their eyes when we when we think we're saying something fucking deep or whatever like get the fuck out of here yo, that, hap- that happens to me all the time right now like is it, but just, what's funny is, I feel like we all have to prepare ourselves for that example, that, that precise event, because right. along the way we're doing something consistently that's fucking something up, and we won't know until they realize it down the road, and so we kind of, I, you know, you talk to I, I talk to older parents that their kid, you know, they're empty nesters now. And you'll hear shit. They won't necessarily admit to this, but you'll hear shit that they kind of regret, you know, not so much because they feel like they fucked up per se, but it's been brought to their attention. And so after that, they're like, fuck, all right. And, you know, little little life lessons that older parents try to impart upon younger parents, like you, right. you start to hear this consistency. And and for me, I'm like, oh, well, fuck. They probably got spoken to kind of tough. And I... I look at myself and there's been moments where I've had, you know, conversations with my dad and, and be like, nah, yo, you fucked up and here are the reasons why. And I'll say it just like that, you know, and I, I feel the, the silence upon fall upon him and then him kind of like, kind of letting me speak. You're right. Like kind of letting me get it off my chest. And then he kind of just, and then a few weeks later or, or a month later, he'll be like, 
you know, I know I've done some shit to you or whatever. And I'm, and it'll be based on that conversation. So he kind of, he, he accepts it, but I guess it takes, you know, a bunch of years for them to actually, for it to click that something was going on. I mean, don't you feel like, and this is maybe just me, but the more that, you know, as I continue on, on this parenting journey, let's call it, the more appreciation and kind of like sympathy I have for my parents with all their faults and everything that might have been done wrong. Because I'm imagining, you know, being in a more stable situation in the sense that, you know, I'm born in this country and, you know, me and my girl are from this country and we're raising our kid in this, you know, in a, in a stable home right now and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, our like my parents, for example, you know, migrated here, you know, they, they came here and they had to, you know, they went through all whatever they went through. My dad went to the war, this, that, and the other. And you're saying to yourself, man, now that I'm an adult and now that I'm a parent and now that I understand these stresses and these pressures, I'm like, I could, I could see with other additives, you know, more than just the stress and pressures that I have, the things that they had already mm-hmm. on their backs. I'm like, damn, that shit seems like I could get, I could see why. Someone might become, you know, an absentee dad at a point or, or why something didn't work out or whatever. I don't know. I just I'm starting to, uh, uh, you know, have more sympathy, like even for my pops and shit and the shit that he might have done that. I'm like, ah, you, you're an asshole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I yeah. think for, for me, it's more understanding. Like, I, I don't necessarily I don't think there's some things like. Well, isn't that almost the same understanding and sympathy? No, not for me. No. No, because I, I don't sympathize with certain things that I know you know my father did or, or didn't do. Right. I I I disagree with many of them. I I can understand some of them as far as where he was in his life at that point, circumstances surrounding why certain things happened or didn't happen. But like this there's basic things in my head like uh like forgetting your kid's birthday. Like not necessarily not wishing them a happy birthday on their birthday, but not knowing their date of birth. That to me is one of those things that's unexcusable unless your parent is or has always been a consistent junkie. Like there, I can excuse it. Like, like drug addict junkie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like other forces. So you can't just be a forgetful person. My mom sometimes forgets. I don't know, bro. My age or something. But always? No, not sometimes. No. I mean, always. I'm just, I'm just, no, no. If it's always, that sucks. I'm talking but, about always. But I'm just saying, like, forgetfulness, I don't know. That, to me, I could forgive that. I, I, I agree. But then it's like, all right, one year. All right, three years. No, no. Every year, that sucks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it's like, it's like little things like that that I feel like all you, there's not a lot that you have to do. It's just from... And it's not like you have forty kids. Even in that, I could under- if you have five kids, I could understand how you can get them all jumbled up. But dog, like, <laughs> so it should mean something. It's like an anniversary. It's how I. That's how seriously I take it. I don't expect everybody to take it that way. But that's one of those examples. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I can understand or necessarily sympathize with that kind of shit. Right. Well, you might have you might have the understanding of like, all right, well, this this is this is how this person gets down. That's how they are. It doesn't mean that I feel bad for them, but you can you can like um, acknowledge a- acknowledge it and move on. Right. Type type thing instead right, of right. just harboring it. Right. I don't know. Maybe I think I am harboring. Uh, <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I harbor it too, but I, I don't know. I sympathize at the same time. I don't know, duality of of a Gemini. I think, <laughs> I, but I think that's dope. Like I, w- I wish I can get to that point because at, at some point, like I'm, you know, people talk about it all the time, like forgive, forgive. I think the older I get, the more that becomes something that I would be willing to do, just in general, right? right. Earlier in my life, I don't know if I like you hear it. I'm like, ah, fuck that shit. I feel scorned by whatever happened, but. Yeah. When you can get to that point where I feel like sympathy is a lot closer to forgiveness than kind of what I was alluding to. Like what I'm trying to say is this. So let's just say my father didn't have any struggle, you know, didn't didn't have to deal with a bunch of shit, didn't go to war, didn't wasn't smuggled out of Cuba as a kid in the orphanage and all this crazy crap. Right. Didn't have Purple Hearts because he was injured in the war, almost died. Let's just say he was just a normal father, didn't go through any of that, and then he was absentee, and then he was did all this crazy shit in, in the home. 
that I couldn't forgive. But now growing up and understanding more of my father's history and understanding what he went through, I'm like, I can sympathize. I can I can understand why. And I could even forgive it more, you know, why it would be hard to be normal. Yeah. Because you're, look, you're looking at hit, you're looking at those circumstances and those are like heightened, ele- you know, elevations of stress, right? Those are other right. kind of like out of not the norm, stressful situations. And so then you're seeing how you're feeling stressed in kind normal. of a more, in a, in more yeah. normal, you know, yeah. pain Probably environment. 100% normal, but more. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But, yeah. So and then, so then, yeah. So then it sinks in. It's the comparison of like, well, shit. Then no wonder he's, yeah, he, dude, did, like, he might have done some of this stuff because on top of just the stress of normal life, he's got this other shit going on that that, uh, you know, add definitely like I, added. I, I feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Right. I almost feel bad for him for not having for fucking up our relationship, but more bad for him than for yeah. me. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Totally. Yeah. Like, I think like, for me, so, I, I was just gonna say, I think for me also, um, I got to a certain point where I also started to realize, you, you know, you start to realize like when you just, when you're dealing with people and everyone's got different sides to a story and you're hearing everyone's different stories and you never are really going to get the absolute truth, especially if you weren't there and witnessed it yourself. So for me, I got to a point where it was like, you know, yeah, I know that some of some of this stuff might be, there are some truths to some of the negative things that that might have transpired, but I can't just sit there and dwell on that. And 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 I was, you know, as a kid, you're not there. You don't know the relationship. Like if your parents are split up or there's right. all kinds of stuff going on. Like we don't know. Like I don't know what was going on between them. You know, yeah. my mom is saying this, my dad is saying that. It doesn't necessarily always match. So. For me, I'm like, I'm never going to know the, you know, that's everyone's going to have their own side to the story and their own reasons and everything. And I really don't need, you know, I, I'd rather just kind of, I'd rather move on and have good relationships going forward than worry about what did or didn't happen and, you know, chalk it up like that. Yeah. And there goes Zen K once again. <laughs> make, go make a beat. Go make a beat to that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, it'll, it'll be too mellow. <laughs> Water. <laughs> Water. <laughs> That's, I mean, you, you hit on something that is, is easier said than done, right? And, and I think... Who did? K or myself? <laughs> no, you you didn't. <laughs> it <The> was K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the water didn't hit every... Because <laughs> you... And, and it's unfortunate, but, you know... For me personally, it's I think it's a time game, meaning the older I get, the maturity starts to set in a little bit more every year. And for me, I think that's when I'll get to that heightened state of Zen that is K. <laughs> but but see what you're saying there is going back to, to the beginning of what why I even brought this up is that ultimately as as good as we're trying to be parents. And as normal as we think kind of like our lives is compared to maybe to what our parents yeah. were dealing with, we're still going to probably deal with our kids looking at us like, nah, you're a dick and you right. fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's not going to be till they're 35 and 44 or whatever for them to be like, oh, no, nah, my bad. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. nah, you know, I man, get you're it. Right. Now. You're actually all right. <laughs> you know? You're a right person, man. You know, yeah. yeah, you cool. You know, like until they're mature and you're all just right. like, ah, shit, man. <laughs> like, Come on, I started the fatherhood podcast for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, then they'll be like, it was not for me. It was because of me. And then there's a whole nother fucking trauma. <laughs> you just wanted to make money. I stopped drinking. I stopped drinking. Champs. I didn't want to drink no more because I wanted to be a better daddy. And I was like, and then I'm gonna be like, damn, I should have just kept drinking then for that. <laughs> oh man. Okay, you was talking you was talking about hip hop earlier. Hip hop? Blazing hip hop and R&B, well, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I just don't, I don't want to steal your thunder, but you were saying something about um. Oh uh, yeah, no, I was just I was just curious. I don't know why I started thinking of it the other the other day, but it just I just remembered all of a sudden. I don't know why I was, I was thinking about music. I was thinking about just hip hop in general and going back to like my first the first song that I heard that 
just kind of sparked it in me that I was like, man, I, I love this. I got to figure out a way to, to, to be in this and, and, and do it. I'm curious if you guys remember any songs or any of those things that, that might've sparked it for you. Man. Yeah, cause, cause also it's also like as a kid and just going back to, I guess, thinking about like what, what my son will get passionate about or what will be the one, the thing that really sparks in him. Like right now, it seems like he's sparked about basketball. And we were talking the other day about he was saying something about the NBA. And then when I explained to him, like, yo, the NBA is you could, and you got to put the work in, but the NBA is someone's job. Like they get paid to play basketball. And he's like, whoa, 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 hold up a second. You <laughs> mean that's someone's job? And I said, yeah. So there was like a a light that clicked on when he realized that oh shit you could you you could you know you could have work uh, be the thing that you love and so I'm curious to watch him and figure out what the things are that spark in him that he gets passionate about that kind of takes over you know becomes his driving force and I remember for me. It was, you know, hearing a certain song, and then all of a sudden, what it was song? Like, it was the cliffhanger it, it, or something. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was Scorpio by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious mm-hmm. Five. And this was probably, you know, early early eighties when the the tape their um the the full album The Message came out. But that was the first song off that album that I heard, and I was like, I was just thinking to myself, I was blown away. I was like, Yo, what the hell is this? And it just felt. I was like, Yo, I got. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta listen to more. I gotta get into this. I gotta figure, you know, I gotta be, I gotta be in this. And then it, yeah, it was weird. It was just like the switch that clicked off instantly as soon as I heard it. And, uh, you know, I had to be in it. Shit. So that's the first hip hop song or, or song in general? No, that was the first hip hop song. Um, I had been listening to, I had, um, I think before that, I mean, besides the little kid music, um, like I think there was there was like a Pointer Sister song that I liked that my mom used to play. Um, there was a, a reggae tape, a Horace Andy tape that I had. I don't know how my mom, she didn't really listen to reggae, but somehow I had this tape. She got me this tape. Um, and that I used to be into a lot. But then when I heard, and then when my, my uncle used to work for... Uh, um, a label record store called Rough Trade that, and back in the day, it was mostly mm. like punk music. But you know, at that point, it was punk, and then rap releases were going right. through Rough Trade as well. And um, so he would bring back music. He'd sometimes he'd come and stay with us, and he would bring music, and um, and he let me hear that on a, on my Walkman one day, and I was I was just blown away, like whoa, shit! And then I had that, and that was my first tape. And then then I listened, to, then I was just listening to that whole tape over and over again. How about you, Manny? For, for me, it, it's it's foggy. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, these two came out in the same year, and I kind of link them together, even though they have nothing to do with each other. So <clears throat> the first one I remember was, and actually it was warm out, so they must have came out sometime in the spring or summer. Um, Onyx's uh, single "Slam." That's your first hip hop? No, 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 no. Let me correct. Let me correct what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. That's the Maybe first. Old the motherfucker right now. That's the first one that like really got me really engaged Wait, with him. How old are you again? I'm I'm about to be forty. So I was, I don't know. Yes. That, that must have been early <laughs> early nineties. Maybe ninety two, yeah, ninety three. That was ninety like ninety one. Yeah, no, I was in high school. I remember right, watching so, that out the box, the video. Right. So that's when. So you so you might have been a casual listener before then, and then exactly. all of a sudden you heard that and got. That's when you're a hip hop head. Yes. That's when I was like digging through shit, like really trying right. to find more of that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and I, like, I feel like it might have been, again, same time period, Enter the Woo um, was like 93. Okay. So then it, they, Onyx had to come out in 93 too, because I feel like they were really close. You know what? I'll look Onyx, Onyx was about Onyx was before Woo. Year before, yeah. Year or two before. So, Oh look! I just looked it up. Might have been, might have been ninety one, ninety two for Onyx, and I think Wu Tang was ninety three. Yeah, it was ninety three because it was the year I graduated. I remember getting the yep. tape. Okay, well, if Wikipedia is wrong, then we're all wrong. But it says May nineteen ninety three for Slam. 
That's when it came out. So ninety three. Damn, that's crazy. Because that's the year. That's when I feel like I got the woo. Yeah, the woo for sure uh, came out in ninety three. Might my, my yeah might might be. But you know what it uh, is. Also, you got to remember the release of the actual album versus us hearing the singles way before uh, in that era. That's they true. came out months, damn near a year and a half. I mean, a, a half a year before the album ever that's dropped. That's true. That's true. So that's really what I think we're thinking. If we're thinking of Slam the Single, yeah, could have been it, it could have been months before the album dropped. Gotcha. Well, anyway, and then Enter the Wook was the next one. And I kind of, like I said, I kind of blend them together because they kind of played my soundtrack for a while. Um, and like everything after that, that was Wu affiliated and just Boom Bap in general caught my were you, eye. Were you... Like seriously listening to music before then, I when you were younger, I or was it just like music on in the background, but yeah. you weren't checking for yeah, what it, it is? It was background shit. I was okay. more like video gaming and fucking, you know, playing outside. Like that was really what I was doing. And then that shit hit. That shit prompted me to get my DJ equipment. I had a light little like back of the fucking Source magazine special. The little yeah, gem- that's, what I, that's how I got mine. The starter kit, the Gemini. But then you didn't do you you didn't you didn't do the boombox thing, man. I, I just nah. remember playing outside. I had the boombox. Nah, because I was I kind of missed the boat. Like I was kind of in a middle ground. My neighborhood right, really didn't turn like that. I, I grew up in the Bronx, but the surrounding area where I grew up was mostly Italian. So I my block happened to be the one that had the mix of people. So everything around us really wasn't all that engaged like in the street right. culture of it the way you know it now but yeah that's that's, that's when it all started how about you e um this is probably well, well documented at this point no yeah no yeah no i mean you guys made me think of, of, of a specific record that could or could not be considered hip-hop but just prior to all that music wise you know like 80s pop music and then i was a skater when i was a kid so like punk and metal, I was into that at one point. Um, and then as hip-hop started creeping in, one of the first records, and you guys tell me if you would consider this hip-hop, is you remember the... I don't remember the name of the artist, and I don't quite remember the name of the track. song. I think it's called Axel's Revenge. It's from Beverly Hills oh, yeah. Cop 2. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That was my... that I love that song so much, I looped it on a tape where it played for a whole 60 minutes. Yeah, the 45 of that one. I didn't have a record yet of that, so I wasn't that cool yet. But I used to go and I used to play, like if I was fucking uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, being a cop, I used to break dance to that with my friends. Yeah, you that know, was on my break dance tape. tape. Yeah, so so to me, that was like, I was obsessed with that song. Was that the theme song for it? Yeah. Yo, I still, in my head, I I get it elated thinking about that song <laughs> but um so that's like the first one and it was like in the era of like you know we're break dancing the break dancing movies were coming out so yeah, it was like 80, 83 yeah and i had the boom box and me and my friends like i said we, we break dance so but then after that then like records you know like mc shy d and two life crew and and i was slick rick and dougie fresh and and beastie boys and ll but then the record that really like made me a diehard fan and this is well documented i talk about it all the time is is really NWA straight out of Compton, yeah. that whole album is what made me obsessed with, with hip hop and rap music at that point. Uh, that's my story. The, the good old days. Yeah. But so so what pivoted you? Because you, you talk about rock music as kind of the early part of your music, you know. Yeah, I actually wanted first. to be a drummer. That was my thing. So it's funny that I then became a DJ because it's both playing the back role. And the drummer is instrumental to the band, and the DJ was instrumental, you know, to the to the to hip hop to the rapper. Did did you pivot? So has rock continued to be an influence or something that you gravitate toward, or has it shifted no, entirely? No. Just just the music I listened to back then. Yeah, not all of it, but still like. Like I liked uh, Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and some of that, but I I used to like like Iron Maiden and Megadeth, and I can't really listen to it with the same ears anymore. And I used to listen to a lot of punk that I can't really listen to with the same ears. But it was just something about the skate vibe, you know, being a skater and just that music was perfect for skating. But it was in the skating community that I really started getting put on to a lot of hip hop, and it's actually the first place where I heard the words hip hop when I was already listening to rap music. 
I got put on to 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 the culture and what it was called by a fellow skater, hmm. which was pretty wild to me. Yeah, it that is. was in L.A., right? No, that was here that in Miami. Miami, yeah. yeah, that was here in Miami. Yeah, yeah, I remember the person. He was he was a he was a graffiti writer, famous graffiti writer. I don't know what happened to him, but he was a pretty famous local graffiti writer. And he was like a skater, a surfer, and dude was, was, was ill. I didn't really like, I, I didn't find much appreciation for rock music until I started making tracks and then understanding that, oh, okay, these are where the, some of these drum beats come from. And, yeah. You know, you could sample, find little things to sample and everything. And it's ill, like going back to thinking about liking punk, that punk and hip hop were, you know, hand in hand in the sense of, they were playing in the same venues, and if you know, punk kind of helped hip hop in a sense. It was, yeah, it yep. was out, like outcast music, underground music, yeah, all across yeah. the board. Yeah, it was. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, oh, what's the word that I always say, and now I can't even think about oh, it. Oh, uh, binga. It's it's definitely word. not. That's the word you always say. You're like, oh, binga. It's like a Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-establishment music. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Which hip hop is not so much anti-establishment anymore. Mm, uh, little pockets here and there. Little pockets, little pockets. So yeah, guys, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, is it baby watch? Oh, yeah, baby watch time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yesterday we all went together to uh, doctor visit and we did an ultrasound and we got to see. My son's wiener. Yeah. Wait, you actually saw his wiener? Or yeah, you, my, my girl tells the lady, like, uh, you know, we want to 100% confirm that it's a boy because we only know through the blood test. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the lady was like, yeah, I already saw it. It's right there. <laughs> oh, shit. Could you actually tell? Because sometimes the angle's off or what have you. Not, well, I could kind of tell, but then, like, she kept moving, and then we're like, "Oh, we're like, oh, that's it." She's like, "No, that's the leg." Yeah, right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, oh, that. Then my girl's like, "Oh, I see it." She, the lady's like, "No, no, that's the umbilical cord." <laughs> and then the lady like, like did it, and then and showed it, and then I was like, "That looks like the balls." And she's like, "Yeah, well, that and then and there, you, that's right there." Wow. <laughs> so so wait so what how how was that feeling? Satisfaction, conf- like the confirmation. Did it do anything? <laughs> Nah, it was just, I'm still in that mode where it's like, I don't know, man, it's been a weird, like, this second pregnancy has been a little different. I don't know if it's just the, the, the pressure and stress of already having a toddler in the home and, and we're doing, you know, we're, we're doing a couple of things here in terms of, like, moving around and, and just a bunch of stuff personally. It's, it's just been a little stressful, but I'm, my whole thing is just, I want, I'm just worried and not worried, but I just want to make sure that the baby is healthy and. And, and that hasn't changed from the last pregnancy. It's just making sure that the baby is healthy. Where before it was like no toddler, so it's just all about the baby. We're making sure that my girl is, you know, it, everything's good, and you know, and that the environment is good. I don't know. It's just it's just been a weird second go at it. I, I, I can't can, explain. I, I can relate. Um, so pregnancy for me has always been like. How many months are you? <laughs> you lost the weight quick, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the process is always like, all right, that, that discovery phase is like full of joy and all that stuff, right? And then, but like the switch flips immediately to almost extreme concern because, you know, that, that first milestone of, all right, making you're kind of in the clear after the three months, right? Right. And and then to me it's more like all right we almost, we got to race to the finish line like I would prefer it that way um, because I want to get out of this whole what if scenario and just see what's coming and then be able to do what be able to control the situation I guess is what I'm saying like right now it, you know during the process there's so many things that are out of your control you kind of have to let nature do it all and that is such an uncomfortable feeling for me. Uh, I imagine most everybody probably agrees, but there's there's a there's this anxiety, constant yeah. anxiety. Even though you try to like fake it to yourself so that you seem like you're not going through anything for the betterment of your spouse, hundred percent, and everybody around you. But yo, in your head, you like fucking yourself up. You know what I mean? So 
I, I hear what you're saying. Like, <laughs> I think I just summarized what you were trying to. Well, yeah, like I can't. I'm so stressed. I can't even explain it properly. Yeah, like yeah. I'm stressed for now. I'm I'm stressed for the near future, and then I'm stressed for the other future because it's just a lot of pressure, and you just want you want to make sure that uh you know that 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 everything works out, and and you can provide for the family, and and now you know it's one. It's like I feel like one child is manageable, and and then you know now that we're entering like the quote unquote terrible twos i'm like oh this is it's kind of crazy yeah. and and then and it's not that bad really it really isn't but you know just whatever you're you're you're, you're stressed and then add second one to the equation and it's just like oh man like you don't know what what to expect or how it's all gonna happen and go down and then you're trying not to have a meltdown and you're trying not to let the stress you know hit hit you and your significant other and have that cause more friction than it needs to be and it's just yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure, man. I don't know how people with multiple kids do it, to be honest with you. To me, from the outside looking in, at least from the second go around, like I know for from the first pregnancy, it's almost, you know, we all have our normal stresses of life stresses and everything. But because you don't already have a child, you've got you've got somewhat of a lane to focus on that first pregnancy and have right. that time to worry and have that time to stress and you know all that. So you've got like a carved out area to focus on it. Whereas from what I'm gathering, like now you've got you know you've got another you've you've already got a kid and you've got all the other things going on. So there's it. It almost feels like it's. It's more it's stressful because you don't have that maybe you don't have that time to think about it or deal with it as much as you'd like to. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. There's no like wiggle room. There's no time to like get it worked out or figured out because you're dealing with making sure you're raising your child right now. Right. And at the same time you're trying to prepare for another one to come into the world. It's 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 crazy, man. And then you know, and then you're constantly like, okay, I'm stressed and I'm pressured, and I, I need, I feel like I need to, you know, like vent. And then, and then you're like, damn, man. But yeah, my girl, she's actually the one going through the pregnancy, yeah. so she, so that's tough. It's just like, it, it it's a little crazy, man. It's a it's a mental struggle for sure. And and kudos to people who have, you know, big families, man. You know, I don't know if, and I mean, kudos to people who have big families who have who are just the parents with no like like outside help and then they have big families. Yeah. Cuz that's the stressful part for me. If I if I you know if, I, if we had like a big family around us that was a part of this whole process, I feel like it would be a lot easier, but it, it's actually the opposite. We have older people around us that we have to take care of as well. Mm. This reminds me of a story. <laughs> So when we had our third child, uh, I remember, so we took my wife to the doctor, to the hospital. It was, we were in California. Um, actually, backtrack. We, my, my oldest and I are going to a game. We're going to a basketball game, to watch a basketball game. Uh, and my son is small, so he stays at home with my, my pregnant wife. We go to watch this game at Stanford University. My wife is feeling some, you know, pains or what have you as we're as we're leaving, but she doesn't say anything. She's like, "Go oh, have fun, whatever." So we get there, we watch the game. It was great. Heading back home, I get a call. I think I got a call, or she waited till I got home. In any case, she's like, "I think we need to go to the hospital," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And she's like, yeah, no, when you guys left, I started feeling something. But I wanted you guys to enjoy the game. I was like, you don't you don't get to decide that shit. Like, I would have turned around immediately and we would have handled business. So whatever. We go to the hospital. Um, we get there. They basically say, you know, you're not ready yet. Go walk around for a while and, until you dilate enough, and then we should be able to take care of you. So we do. It works out. She stays over. And we get into the whole you know, prepping for a pregnancy thing. And then I have the two kids that I have to deal with. So now it's like we're her and I are having a conversation and it's kind of like, you should go home. I was like, I'm not going home. I can't not be here when the baby's born. And again, we're by ourselves. So kind of the same scenario you just talked about, right? So 
we're like trying to figure out how to manage the kids and me being there. So luckily, good friend of ours from there that we met in California um, came came to the hospital and she stayed with the kids while we were going through it. So she kind of spent the night in another area with the kids and we were able to pull through and I was able to participate in the, in the, the labor and all that stuff. But I remember the amount of stress we were going through and it didn't click like because we in our minds, we're alone. Right. And because we don't have our immediate family around us. Right. Yes, we made some friends, but you know how it is like you don't feel like you're to, like it's OK to ask a friend, especially a relatively new one in your circle to go out of their way like that. Like you almost feel bad. So it was never a thought for us. And then I don't, I don't, I think she might have called to see how she was doing, and, and the stress kind of just unleashed on her, on the lady. She was like, "Oh no, it's okay." And she's got her own two kids, so she came. Whatever, we got through it. But I remember how stressful a moment that was for us, because we're like, "All right, so what the fuck do we do? The kids are here. We can't really comfortably set them up here. Maybe I do have to leave and miss out on this, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity." So, shit gets real. No, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the stresses too is what's going to happen during the pregnancy and having our daughter, you know, like we don't really have a babysitter like that. No one's no one's taking care of our daughter while she's been awake. Only overnight while she's mm-hmm. sleeping. And yeah, and then you know, but yeah, I don't know, man. It, it it's it, it, we're that's part of the one of the the liners, you know, in the in the stress. Mm-hmm list the stress of like like what's gonna go down when it goes down you know like how is that gonna go down and then we got like you know the older people that we got to take care of and the kid and our toddler and the pregnancy and you want to be there and you know i'm just like ah shit man yeah yeah well and remembering though that first 24 48 hours like oh yeah with a newborn like how do you how do we do that like (laughs) but i mean at the end of the day you know people fucking do it Right. <laughs> and that's the thing, yeah. you know, like, you know, ultimately I'm telling myself, like, shut the fuck up, you little bitch. Yeah. Like, just fucking do it, man, already. And, you know, first world problems, I guess. Yeah. It all gets sorted out, but it's a motherfucker to get to that, that point. Yeah. No time to feel sorry for yourself. No, not at all. You know what I'm saying? Just get her done. <laughs> it's a good way to end. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to some punk rock heavy metal. <laughs> right. Megadeth Iron Maiden. <laughs> Later.